0: I'm not mad, I'm just irritated. Well, look at you. You found me. You found the podcast. My name is Bill Flanagan, and you're listening to I'm Not Mad, I'm Just Irritated. And today, oh, today's quite... Quite a story for you guys today, and it's a story, oh, let's see here, almost 50 years in the making, 47, 48, we're going to round that to a half a century, a half a century in the making of the story that you're going to hear for the first time publicly, and that's the story of the USBR. And you're probably thinking, what's that? Well, it's the United States Backup Reserve Army. And why this isn't, why books haven't been written about this, historical podcasts, magazine articles, I don't know. But when I was about, oh gosh, fourth or fifth grade, I grew up on Air Force bases, people. And that's a different life. If you have not grown up on military bases, let me tell you a couple things. First of all, when you're in your car with your folks, your dad, and he drives through the front gate or the back gate, any gate. Front gates the best because it's usually the biggest. And he gets up there, and they see that little emblem in his in his windshield. It's that my dad is a colonel. Those weasels snap to attention and give him a salute. And my dad salutes right back. I grew up looking at that. I grew up thinking um, those weasels think my dad's something special. Those weasels are giving my dad the snap it salute. My dad would salute him back. That's how I grew up. Also, we were surrounded with razor wire. I lived on a base with a fence and barbed wire around it. That didn't stop us from jumping it. We could climb it like spider monkeys. It's a skill. But how many people live in a secure area with their own military police cruising around? That's how I grew up. We would go to the BX, the base exchange. That was our store. We didn't go to Kohl's. We didn't go to Target. We went to the BX, they had everything. You went to the commissary for groceries. You went to the BX to get any, everything from stereo equipment and records to underwear, jeans, jackets, whatever you needed. It had it all. That's, that's how I grew up and I didn't know I was different from anybody else. How civilians grew up, but it was different and it was on these military bases that gave the, gave rise the birth. Of the USBR, the United States Backup Reserve Army. Because as a kid, me, brother Mike, my friend Andrew, and Burr Dadalico, please don't ask me what Burr stands for. I don't remember. He was just Burr, but it wasn't his real name. Another guy, Joe Miller, and another dude we called Blimpo. I don't remember his real name. He was kind of a big guy. We called him Blimpo. He seemed fine with it today, I know. You can't do that. But back then he was Blimpo. So you had five, six guys. Me, Brother Mike, Burr, Andrew, Joe Miller, Blimpo. We were the six founding and only members of the USBR. The United States Backup Reserve Army. United States Backup Reserve. We formed our own branch of the military on the air base that we lived and why wouldn't we we were kids so before you start really dogging us about stolen valor because we stole some please remember we were nine ten years old it's okay so the united states back of reserve army started about 1974 it was headquartered at barksdale air force base louisiana just outside of Shreveport, Bossier City area. And General Burr, Burr, our buddy, was in charge. General Burr. Our uniform consisted of flares, keep on trucking t-shirts, earth shoes, and our military hairstyle was parted down the middle, feathered back. Because we could do whatever we wanted. I don't know how we got it, but we got a stamp. You know, like one of those things you stamp envelopes with addresses or whatever. We had a stamp. USBR. Burr probably ordered it. Not online. Didn't have it. Probably on the back of a magazine, maybe a Mad magazine. USBR Army, United States Backup Reserve. Well, let me tell you the order of how the how the military was deployed back in 1975 or whenever it was. You had the army, regular military. Commander-in-Chief sent him places. Then you had, you know, the reserves that would be called up. Military reserves, Army reserves. Then you had your National Guard. Then you had your State Guard. Some states have their own State Guard. Then you had probably the Weeblos. Weeblos would go... <laughs> the Weeblos would go in, pick, up the, pick off the remaining insurgents, after the Weeblos, probably the Brownies. They'd come in and tend to the wounded. Then you had the USBR. Then you had us, us six guys coming in there, kicking ass and taking names. That's what we did. Fortunately for everybody involved, we were never called upon, but that doesn't mean we didn't train. We had missions. We had lots of missions. First of all, whenever we did a mission right, we were rewarded with medals. So let's say our mission was, and I'm pretty sure this was one of them. You know how sometimes between houses you have these big green boxes that have like utility stuff in it? I don't know if it's electrical lines, transformers. We had some big ones on the base. If you could run and jump on top of it, and it wasn't easy because it was bigger than what you're thinking. That was a medal. That was a medal because you were in shape. If you could climb a tree, get up to a certain branch, that was a medal. If you went streaking around the house three times, that was a bravery medal. You had to do it at night because daytime you know, would have been embarrassing. We were nine. What did we have to show? But anyway, the point of it is we got medals for the shit we did thing. think well, where'd you get medals? Well, let me, t- <laughs> let me tell you where we got our medals. We went to the BX and you may not realize, realize this or not, but there is a little section of the BX where people went and bought their medals. So let's say you earned a bronze star and you got a bronze star that you put up in a little shadow box, but you needed those little things to go on your cluster. You went, you picked it out and you slid it on your little Cluster, you bought medals, or let's say one of one time you you ruined a medal. Maybe it got caught on something and unraveled. You needed a new one. You went and you actually now you couldn't wear them unless you were actually awarded those medals, unless you were a member of the USBR. You just bought them. Yeah, give me a bronze star, give me a gold star, give me a couple of these purple heart things. A couple of these Valor medals. We just bought they sold them to us. They didn't care. The people that were checking out weren't military. They were just civilians that worked on the base. And whenever we did cool shit, we got ourselves a medal. Put it on our shirt or keep on trucking shirts. Now, one time, one time, in all the dozens of medals that we awarded ourselves to the USB Army, General Burr would usually pin it on our t-shirts. One guy said, you're really not supposed to be buying that. This was in the BX. One of the military guys, he wasn't ugly, but he goes, I don't think y'all are supposed to be buying those things. And our reply was, they sell them to us? And he kind of shook his head. He's like, yeah, fair enough. Walked off. We were awarding ourselves Purple Hearts left and right. If you jumped on top of that metal transformer box, skinned your knee, Purple Heart. Stolen Valor. We were nine. Settle down. Don't send me any emails. Send me any nasty voicemails. All right, so, but sometimes we had missions, like serious missions. Usually, (laughs) usually our missions involved gasoline and setting something on fire. Yeah, we played with fire and matches. You know, kids don't play with matches anymore. No one has them. Parents aren't smoking like they did in the 70s. We had matches everywhere. No one even really had lighters. They had matches. You know what? You want to entertain a kid, take away his phone, stick him in the garage with some oily rags, a couple boxes of matches. Those sons of bitches would be having fun all day long. Throw some lighter fluid, some gasoline. So, you know in the movies where someone like pours a little line of gasoline like from a car... You know, out on the street and then they light it and the gas like travels. That's real. You know, how I did that because I got a medal for, for doing it. A little running of gas, setting gasoline on fire. So, you know, set a little trail of gas. On a, one end, you had like a GI Joe, <laughs> like a GI Joe soaked in gas. And then you set Joe on fire. That's a, that was a metal. That was an explosives metal. We learned how to deal with explosives and setting fires. That was a metal in the USBR. Now, GI, <laughs> we went through some G.I. Joes. It's too bad I don't have those today. They're probably worth some money. Oh. But then, of course, when the G.I. Joes were ablaze, we had to scream. No! We were screaming along. Is, was that bad? You're probably asking, where were your parents? Who knows? Smoking cigarettes, drinking scotch. That's what they did in the 70s. They didn't watch us. We are in the neighborhood doing stuff. Setting fires, matches. That's what we did. Okay, we had a bravery. <laughs> Jesus. So, we had a bravery medal. Here's how you earned it in the USBR. You had like a weed pulling tool that your parents had in the garage. Somebody, one one of us, our parents had this like, it wasn't quite a hand trough. It was kind of like this long stick with a pointed end that popped, but you could throw it and stick it in the ground. Think of a lawn dart, but not. You throw it, boom, stick it in the ground. So here here was how you got a bravery medal. You had to spread your legs as far as you could boom you threw the you threw this the pointed stick in between the legs into the ground but then you had to put your feet a little bit closer boom someone threw it again Then you put your feet a little bit closer every time a little bit closer every time boom someone threw that pointed stick between your feet you know what it takes bravery I I dare you to do it right now. We were nine and doing it. We didn't care. Did we hurt people? Yes. Most assuredly, there were many of us that took some off the toes. But you know what happened when we got that? We got the medal. Bravery medal. Dude, you you took that stick. You didn't cry. You didn't whine about it. You didn't bellyache. General Burr. (laughs) Pin a medal on our Keep On Trucking shirts. And we went on to fight another day. That's what we did. Explosive training, bravery. Okay, the next thing, the next thing I, that we did is disconcerting. Even today. But we decided we needed to bomb something. We decided we needed to do a stink bomb because that was funnier than a regular bomb. And we we knew we couldn't, you know, blow something up for real. So we lived in these massive houses in Louisiana. Three stories, old French colonial looking things, been on the base probably since the 1900, into, you know, early part of the 20th century. And they had no garages. But in the alleyways, we had garages. So there might be four single car garages that were shared by four houses all in this rectangular-looking building out in the alleyway. And we had one of them. And when you opened up the door, the walls were just chicken wire. So you could see what was in everybody. You could see all the way from one end of the building to the other. You could also crawl up into the attic. There was a little place for you to put book, or, you know, boxes of books, boxes, whatever. But the chicken wire didn't go all the way up to the, up to the you know rafters. It went up the sides of the regular wall. But when you were up in the attic section of your garage, you could easily jump down into somebody else's and steal this shit. And we didn't do that because we were the USBR. We didn't steal. But we did do a stink bomb. And here's what happened. I, I don't even know if I can... <laughs> There were people next door to us called the Sabotas and I don't know why, but we didn't like them. They did, they did nothing to us. They were perfectly fine people, but one of us invented the phrase Sabota Oda and it stuck. And so from that on, they all stunk. They were stinky. We were horrible. You, You would expect, you'd expect a little bit more of the USBR, but no, we were bad, bad soldiers. So we decided, you know, we'd take a crap in a big, you know, bag and boom, maybe add a little piss, throw it into there because they had piles of stuff. They wouldn't have discovered the stink bomb for years until they moved. They'd go, what's this? Holy delito! It'd be like st- stuck in the corner next to a set of golf clubs and a couple of boxes, maybe an umbrella. We did that. And we gave ourselves a medal for it. <sighs> that's disconcerting. That's the only thing I'm di- I did that I was really, I looked back and I was like, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Sting bomb wasn't a good idea. And, you know, giving yourself a medal for it. Mm, that's iffy. That's iffy. All right. One time we accidentally stole a golf court, cart. That sounds worse than it did. The USBR needed a land terrestrial machine to move from one part of enemy territory to another part of enemy territory. The only thing we could drive was a golf cart. couldn't drive a car or a tank or a Humvee. Well, we lived near a golf course, and people did have golf carts. One day, we had some friends. They were not part of the USBR. They were outliers. But all of a sudden, they came running around with the uh, with a golf cart, and you know, what's better than a golf cart to a nine year old kid? Nothing. So we jumped in the back, jumped in the front. We're driving around with this kid. We kind of know, don't know his name, don't remember it. Of course, all the kids are coming out of their houses left and right, wanting a ride. And what we would do? This was so great. I guess this was part of <laughs> refugee training is they'd come and it's like if you could touch our hand we'll give you a ride and they'd run and they'd run and they'd reach out and then we'd zip off and they'd go and we never would give them a ride because we were awful so anyway we're, we're playing in the neighborhood in our terrestrial USBR golf cart all of a sudden we go around a corner boom MPs military police the guy that had the originally the original guy that had the golf cart he stops and runs away we're going, well, we just thought it was his. We said, why are you running?" He goes, I stole the golf cart. And we just hauled ass. We scattered in 12 different directions. We're going between houses. We're going in ditches. Maybe in, 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 a, in a pipe that goes underneath a, a road. We're everywhere. And then we regroup. None of us got caught. They, they weren't going to chase us. I just wanted the golf cart back. Probably belonged to a neighbor. It's like, I'm not running after that kid. Look at him. He's going in tunnels. He's going in a drainage ditch. I'm not going down there. But you know what we did afterwards? Gave ourselves a medal for bravery in in, in the face of danger. We were facing armed people. The military police was armed. We had stolen golf cart. We didn't know it. That's no excuse. Ignorance of the steel is no excuse. So we regrouped, reconvened. What's that called? There's a name for it. In battle. Strategic retreat and rendezvous. Rendezvoused, probably in the garage. Gave ourselves some medals. We had more medals. Okay, we also gave ourselves promotions in the USBR. Who was in charge of that? Colonel, uh, General Burr. You know what you know what I found out you could really rise quickly in the USBR I think I went from a private to a general about four weeks but you know what General Burr would do is he'd say well I sent it I sent off the promotion papers to uh, headquarters and I'm waiting for the reply. He was so good about lying to us he didn't mail any papers and then he a couple days later says hey your promotion came through HQ HQ approved it I'm going yes. Thank you HQ. We'd have a ceremony, probably eat a cupcake. Now I'm major. That's how it worked in the USBR, man. Oh. We set fires. We trained. We threw sharp things at our feet. You know what? One time I actually cut off another member of the USBR's pinky finger. I'm not getting into it. That's for another podcast. And it wasn't the whole peeking finger. It was from about the last knuckle on out to the fingernail. I'm going to save that. That is a true USBR war story involving a brick. But I'll also tell you this. I don't care if Usain Bolt is the fastest guy on the planet. The dude whose finger I accidentally chopped off. I've never seen another human being run home that fast in my life. It was, I'm a, I a—I was a fast runner as a kid. I was trying to keep up with him. Couldn't do it. Left me in the dust. Adrenaline, man. Yes, we gave him a medal. Of course we gave him a medal. He was an amputee, thanks to the USBR maneuvers. No, I'm not going to tell you about those today. I'm saving them. Oh, you know what? I'm I'm worn out just talking about the USBR. The the memories are amazing, guys. Guess what? Paul Berg is up to sponsorship for the whole another six months. I thought it was a year, but he wrote me a note. Here's another six months. I go okay. Scott and White Hospital, Scott and White Practice Members, whatever that is. Round Rock, Georgetown. And you know what I'm going to say? You got your lesions. You got your boils. They need lancing. You got got something in the back of your throat because you were doing whatever you weren't supposed to be doing and now there's pustules. He can take care of all that. You got an earache? Like I kind of got one right now. I'm sure he's got drops. If you got, you know, your toes that have some flaky, itchy stuff... Sure he has fungal cream he can give you. He can take care of all of that stuff. Go see him. Dr. Paul Berg, Georgetown, Texas, Scott and White Hospital. Proud sponsor of the Chalky Chalk Report. And without further ado, let's get to the Chalky Chalk Report. Chalky Chalk Scale. This week's Chalky Chalk Report, you know what? It's back to the knee. And it's not the right one. It's the left one. That's my good knee. My right knee is my crappy knee. It's got no ACL. It's got little, very little cartilage. It doesn't move and bend very well. It's very stiff. But it feels like a million bucks compared to the left. The left knee is quite angry today. Maybe it's payback from all the of the military service and the USBR and the stolen valor. Maybe that's karma coming back, but definitely the left knee is, it's actually a limp. It's enough to limp. I'm limping today. When I walked the dog, I, I kind of limped. That's, that's a chalky chalk scale of 3.5 out of five. If you have to limp, it's going to be three or above tomorrow might be fine. That's the fickleness of the chalkiness. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. But that's that's what it is. Chalky out. I'm back. A little shout out to Paul Berg for sponsoring that Chalky Chalk report you just heard. Hey, a little update. Remember that episode a few back that I complained about the 8-track dude? The entire episode. And by the way, it was one of my least listen to episodes. Y'all clearly gave me feedback that that was not a story I needed to share, but I couldn't help it. And here's the thing. I don't care if y'all like it or not. I like it. When are y'all going to learn that this podcast isn't for you? It's for me. If it's for you, fine. Fair enough. But generally, it's just going to be for me and about me. Belly aching. About things. Speaking about belly aching, I took the kids out. My daughter, her fiance slash boyfriend slash man toy. I don't even know what they call him. I, I don't know what they call him. I've never heard her say that's my fiance, so she just calls him Michael. Took him out. Well, you know, we basically each had spaghetti and meatballs, and a and a coke. My 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 wife had one glass of wine. It's like seventy something bucks at Mendola's. It's basically fast food. You go up to the counter and order. It's like, what's the word we're coming to, man? Food's getting pricey. I'm against it. All right, so I have a favor. Okay, now I have begged for your patronage and your sponsorship. And you have you've spoken. Ain't gonna do it. I get it. And you know why? Because you don't wanna give your credit card number to somebody that's gonna charge 99 cents a month. Or $4.99 a month, or whatever, and have them your credit card number the whole time. That's not going to happen. I get it. It's it's a little creepy. For those of you that are doing it, and I have a few. We got Will, Allison, Mariah, Johnny Schrader, Matt Beards. Those guys every month I can count on them to buy me a taco or two. The rest of you that are enjoying this content, I get. It. I don't know why you don't want to do it. Maybe you don't want me to shout you out. So here's here's something I just thought of. Just send me a PayPal, one-time PayPal. One time PayPal. A dollar. You know what? That USBR story, that was worth a buck. My my PayPal is B as in boy, Flanagan at gmail.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-I-G-I-N. Make sure you spell my name right. At gmail.com. If you don't spell my last name right, you're going to send it some other bill flanagan with a bunch of a's in there instead of I's, and he's gonna give he's gonna say wow look at i just got this free money today for no reason look i got a dollar or 10 or 100 no one's stopping you so anyway send me a one-time paypal that usbr story of us just buying metals and running around setting fires that's worth a buck i can go buy three cookies at mcdonald's by the way cousin danny report if you spend a dollar on McDonald's on the app, you get a free cinnamon roll for like the rest of the month. So every day he goes and he gets three cookies for a dollar, gets his free cinnamon roll. He eats the cinnamon roll and then he eats the cookies later. It's like, that's dude, That's quite a bit of a sugar. If I had a cinnamon roll every day for two or three weeks, I know I'm going to gain five pounds. He's just doing it because they're giving it to him. It's like, well, I'm, I can't not do it. But giving it to me. Like, okay. I miss, uh, who eats cin- that much cinnamon rolls? I might eat three cinnamon rolls a year. He's had three cinnamon rolls in three days. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying I don't get it. Eat whatever you want. It's not really healthy, I don't think, eating a cinnamon roll. I mean, I get it. Cinnamon rolls are tasty. Cinnabons, those things are delicious. I've had maybe three cinnabons in my life because I knew if I, if I ate it it could kill me right then and there a diabetic coma and a heart explosion it just it just doesn't seem it seems worse than snorting some coke, honestly. I wonder what the medical difference is between eating a huge cinnabon and snorting some cocaine it, It's got to be neck and neck wouldn't you think? All right I'm getting off track here Guys, thanks for a uh, Listening to episode 53 of I'm not mad. I'm just irritated. I'm your host, Bill Flanagan. You had your chalky chalk report. You know, there are a couple things that irritated me, but, you know, I'm going to save those. Those are like gold little nuggets. We'll do those next time. Until then, you all have a great week. Make it a great day. Not really. I don't care what kind of day you have. That's just what people say. Later.